We are back. Jacob Brown joined by Rory Tedimer. Oh man, we baseball. It's in the stretch run. We're getting close to the end of the season, but it has not been fun for me. And it hasn't been as fun for you either, Rory. Both of our teams are struggling right now, uh, especially mine. I mean, yours also got swept by the Giants. That's also considered struggling, I would think. Uh, but the Yankees, it's, it's longer term. And uh, at this point, it's pretty arduous to watch. And uh, so first off, you know what? Let's start with the Phillies uh, and what they did out in the Bay Area against the Giants. They got swept. They still don't have Zach Wheeler. Uh, Aaron, uh, how did Aaron, did Aaron Nola pitch in that series? Uh, no, he just pitched last night. So uh, I don't think he pitched in that series, but he did pitch against the Diamondbacks who we played the series before and also lost that series. I mean, we lost two out of three there. Yeah. Uh, somehow we actually won. I mean, it was like a, some high scoring games in the first one diamondbacks won 13 to seven that's when the phillies blew a seven nothing lead uh the second game diamondbacks won 12 three and then the second uh, third game phillies won 18 to two so they actually scored more points overall throughout the series by one more runs overall that's holy crap that's my bad uh, <laughs> uh but uh yeah, so I mean, you take the Desi Wheel after an 18 to 2 thing, and then you go into San Francisco and just absolutely stink. Throw up a 13 to 1 stinker right away. You blow the game in 5 to 4, and then 5 3. Uh, the last one, you let Wilmer Flores walk off against you. I don't think Wilmer Flores would get a hit against me. Uh, he's one of the worst players I've seen in my life. And, and then last night, you walk off against the Marlins. It's just uh, that, that was needed. It was needed. Gene Segura's fired up, and I said, hopefully that can. Uh, change the season around but uh definitely reminiscent of every september i've been a part of for the last like five years uh where the phillies just out of nowhere collapse and uh i'm hoping they don't do it i hope i'm hoping the brewers are also just you know a team that also sucks so hopefully they are just as bad throughout september yeah i mean the brewers renfro's gotten hot a little bit lately they can't hit though but the phillies too castellanos is on the il now too so that's a big blow uh, in September, just when he was getting hot, and, and then boom, he gets injured. So that that's just kind of the season that he's had. Um, just really not great there, but uh, still an okay contract. And I feel like with the hot streak that he was on, he, I think when he comes back, he's going to be that same guy. Like, I, I think he got over the transition to Philly before he got hurt. Yeah, no, I agree. And also, I mean, like Sir Anthony, through yesterday at uh, Citizens Bank, as well as long as uh, as well as Zach Eflin, uh, I'd be interested to see what they do with him. Uh, you might see him in the bullpen. You might not see him come back uh, right away into a starting rotation role, especially because you'd have to build him up a little bit in AAA. I'm sure he's going to come back, maybe be a bullpen piece. Hopefully, kick Nelson right to the sand. Uh, Nick Nelson right to the sand. Oh, I know get him about out him. Of here. Yeah, get him right out of here. And uh, he could be like a long relief option. Yeah, but do, do you think he could be maybe a better option? Eflin, I'm talking about better than maybe Bailey Falter while Zach Wheeler's out, or do you like Falter? I do, honestly. Falter's decent. Uh, you think of a lefty that's uh, he's got that cross windedness, and he's when he's going up against righties, he looks really good. Uh, always throwing like a fastball, 93, 94, and it just like slides into that inside corner on a righty and it's coming all the way around so you know that yeah. crosswind lefty is uh always tough to hit and the Phillies don't really have that guy so I mean yeah. he provides a different look at least throughout the rotation well speaking in terms of your team and fantasy 
Ranger Suarez last two starts looks like it's single digits. That that's not not the best. No, killing me. But uh, also, Manai has gone negative, and Kopex on the uh, IL. So those are who I oh. traded to get to. Those are who I traded to get Ranger. So him and Heaney, uh, yeah, the past few weeks, uh, they've been killing me, and they've actually got me out of that first round buy. So now I'm fighting to stay alive, but I'll make the playoffs for sure. It's just I don't think I'll have the first round buy. And Max Scherzer also going to the IL this morning. It's devastating. That that's devastating. I mean, you're losing 30 to 60 points a week with that guy. I mean, it, it's that's brutal. I mean, you you have Sandy though, so that you know that'll kind of keep you steady. But he had a bad last start. Not to mention uh, Zach Plezak going down for the season for <laughs> me, breaking his hand, and Alex Wood within like the same like 24 hours. I was like, oh my god, Are you kidding me? I lost three guys to the IL within this time. And then I got I got Michael Lorenzen coming back in his first games against the Astros, and I'm like, ugh, I've had him, uh, I've had him on my IL, I've had him on my IL for so long, and I don't want to pitch him against the Astros. Yeah, that might be one of those four and two thirds uh, type of starts. Uh, oof, that's bad. I mean, I yeah. I was about to say, I mean, I, I I'm debating who to drop at this point with my starting pitchers because I've got you know Luis Severino coming back. I've got. Uh, you know, I just had Jack Flaherty come off the IL uh, and go five innings, one earned versus the uh, Washington Nationals. And wow, I'm watching the Yankees right now. They just went down two nothing to the Twins in the first game of a doubleheader, two run shot by Jose Miranda. There you go. Beautiful. Domingo Herman on the mound. Oh. Uh. Yeah. And you know what? Let's just segue into that. You got the Yankees struggling as well. Uh, two nothing right now in the top of the first inning, and basically since the trade down, I'm not going to go through that whole spiel like I did last week again. They they've been struggling; it's been bad. But since that conversation, the day after, I re listened to our pod, and I was like, I disagree with myself. 24 hours later, and I even openly shouted out at something you said because you were like, Oh, they'll be fine. You know, it's just that. They're not going to blow the division. They, you know, it's just August, you know, just, and you, you were kind of telling me to be relaxed about it. And then I agreed. And I was like, how did I agree to be relaxed about this season? And then, you know, I go to last Friday's game. They go down 9 nothing to the Rays. They have this phantom injury thing going on with Rizzo to where he stayed in L.A. to get back treatment. I didn't even know that. I went to the game thinking Rizzo's going to play. And then I'm like, oh, but in the sixth inning, I'm like, oh, he's in L.A. But I guess he's not even going to come in and pinch hit tonight. That's nice. Uh, and, and then you had Andrew Benintendi and at bat number two, drop his bat and break the handmade bone. I saw that in person. Uh, so it was like, you know, <laughs> so right then and there, it's like, okay, this season's going down. Uh, and they, so they go down nine, nothing. The next day they score one run against the Rays. The only run being an Aaron judge home run. Then the next day they win two to one one of them being a home run by Aaron Judge, the other being a sack fly by Oswaldo Cabrera. Scoring was Aaron Judge on the play. So uh, it is Aaron Judge and everybody else right now, uh, and it's been really tough. So I'm getting to the point where last week we were at a point where I was willing to accept, hey, maybe this can smooth out. Uh, you get Stanton to come back, wait till he gets settled in, blah, blah, blah. But now it's to the point where Rizzo's on the IL, Benintendi might be done for the season, LeMahieu is playing hurt again and his average has dropped 35 40 points glaber i just learned yesterday 
worst OPS in the American League since the trade deadline because he's been moping around because he might have got traded. So it's bad. And then to top it all off, Josh Donaldson. I'm in person to see it all. Second at bat, he's already 0 for 1. I'm at the trop. He pops up to shortstop. Pops out. He's 0 for 2. Takes the long way back to his dugout and says something to Jeffrey Springs on the mound. The Yankees are already down and being shut out. It's the fifth inning. It's dreadful. There's nothing going for the team. And all I see is Jeffrey Springs. He points at Josh Donaldson, points to the dugout, and he says, go back to the dugout or something like that. And I immediately turn to my dad and brother. I'm like, how are you talking crap after you go over two and your team's being shut out next inning? He makes two errors. One of them scores a run. Uh, and then the next inning you see him, I saw on Twitter, the clip of what was actually said. And Donald said, throw me a fastball. And Jeffrey Spring says, I threw you three. You want another one? Or he said something like that. How do you go down that bad Josh Donaldson? And then two days later, the bench is clear because they threw up high on Donaldson. I mean, it is bad in Yankee land right now. Jesus. Jeffrey Springs being a villain number one day in New York Yankees. I right? didn't know that. All I know is he gave me a good fantasy start that day. Uh, and he's on the mound tonight. Yeah, he's in Boston, yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, no, I did not know that. But you're right. I mean, I didn't know when I said that you guys would still have that comfortable lead. I didn't know how close it actually was. And – uh yeah, no, you're, you're close. And I think Aaron Judge is doing his best uh, Bryce Harper impression from last year when the yeah. entire team is tanking in September and all you're seeing is Bryce Harper and now Aaron Judge just going yeah. deep. Like, yeah. So we just had a little connection issue. Rory, continue. You were saying Judge doing his best Harper impression. Yeah, you know, last year Harper – uh mvp and had a great second half and in september all the team the phillies all around them all stunk and uh they faded out of their playoffs and i think that's the same thing that's happening with aaron judge right now i mean you can only hope he can homer as many times as he can as he's trying to go for get to 60 super quick but i mean it's it's something where you need you need them to rally behind at least something and i guess if you go to rally behind aaron judge be it good uh, you might be able to see some sort of resurgence, but they need to rally behind something for sure. And uh, I, I think you should be glad that it's not just the Yankees. It's all of New York, uh, all of New York kind of ailing right now. Cause I'm so glad the Mets have faded away from the NL East uh, top spot. They're right now tied with the Braves. And uh, that's hilarious to me. And if the Mets are a wild card team, after all their hyped up season, I would do nothing more than be ecstatic for at least three months. Yeah, well, I mean, the Mets, the Mets have the New York pressure, uh, but not as bad as, as the Yankees do. And, you know, they always do this. Like, it's almost expected. The Yankees, though, I mean, this is like – I'm getting to the point where I feel like the reason why this happens every year is because of the pressure of the New York media. It just gets to this group. It just gets to this group, and they can't handle it because it's been since 2017 that they've gone year after year not winning – uh, and they, they're always picked, hey, top team to go to the World Series every single year. You know, you said it last week. You, every year you go into the season, the lineup's like, holy crap, this thing's, you know, one through nine. You can't go through it. And now, you know, you're in September, you have one bat. So it's, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty crazy. And I think the other thing that I wanted to openly 
make aware, people aware of is their treatment of Oswald Peraza, who last week I made an error in what I said. I said the Yankees couldn't call it Peraza because if they did, he couldn't be on the playoff roster. That was wrong. Uh, so they did call him up. He can be on the playoff roster, um, but they called him up. He's their number two shortstop prospect. They also have Anthony Volpe, uh, but Peraza has been further along quicker. He was in AAA. Volpe was in AA. So now they both moved up a level. So we thought as Yankee fans, uh, Peraza's coming up. They're doing something to, to kickstart the offense. Uh, IKF has been terrible. Uh, either, you know, either not having to be the starting shortstop and sit or have him play third because he's a gold glover and Donaldson stinks. That Those were the alternatives that we said, because why not bring him up and play him and start him at shortstop? The day that I went to the game was what I thought would be his major league debut. He didn't play. Uh, he was not in the lineup. They made no statement. Uh, IKF played, Donaldson played, Donaldson made two errors. And then Peraza's first major league at bat was that game. I had already left because it was 9-0. He was the final out and pinch it for LeMayhew. That was how they introduced him to the big leagues. And so it makes me think that the Yankees pretty much said to themselves midway through the season, we're so good right now that we don't feel the need to patch up the deficiencies on our roster. IKF was the same guy in July and June and May that he is right now. They could have put Peraza on the team when the team was hot and put him in when he could have just relaxed and been a player now they're bringing him up to kick to theoretically kickstart but now they're benching him and he won't play they don't know how to treat young players and and you relate because the phillies don't either yeah no it's uh bad when is the deadline for when if they could actually be on your playoff roster so the rule is the rule was still half true it's basically if you bring in a player from another organization it has to be before september 1st but if they're on your 40-man or on the 60-day IL, then they can be on the playoff roster. It doesn't matter the, the date. So Peraza was on the 40-man the whole season. Interesting. I wonder if uh, Philly's just one of their better reliever options. Well, he's going to be a reliever in the MLB. Uh, they just brought him up from double-A to triple-A. I think he's only going to be there a week. And I was like, well, is he even going to be available on the playoff roster? Maybe he is on the 40-man and he'd be able to uh, actually slide in here. But – you're right. I'm exactly in the same place. We have no idea how to develop young talent. And it's consistent. Uh, although Edmundo Sosa did go deep uh, yesterday, uh, it's consistent. I hate the fact that Bryson Stott's not in the lineup every single day just because he's facing a lefty. Yeah. Uh, he needs to be in the lineup every single day, and I, I don't care. I don't need to see Edmundo Sosa. They're not far away from defensive uh, defensive skills. I mean – I'd much rather have Bryson Stott feel a lot more comfortable with him going up instead of freaking in Moonman. It's not like Sosa's some uh, juggernaut. Like, they act like there's such a difference between Sosa as the righty versus the lefty. There's not. Yeah, there's not at all. It really isn't. Especially like the lefty was uh, Lazardo, who, yeah, is good, but it's not like he was dicing up lefties all the time. And he's clearly a wild pitcher. He's had struggles with that. And Bryson Stott can, can, can go deep and bang with the best of them. I, don't, I really didn't understand that. Uh, and you know what? Like, and, if you're bringing a player in the big leagues, why are you teaching him to be a platoon player? Like, he's going to be yeah. a struggling shortstop. He's got to face lefties. Yep. No, you're exactly right. It's, uh, it's gross. And uh, it's, uh, you're obviously in the same spot. It's, uh, it's not fun, especially when you see other people 
uh, just bringing up their players left and right. Hunter Brown, who I would talk about later for uh, the Astros. You know how many good Astros starting pitching options they have? <laughs> right. Uh, they bring up a guy who comes out and throws six shutout innings. I love the heck. He threw yeah. gave me 26 points in fantasy. And they are already are saying, oh, Christian Javier is going to be in the bullpen or he's going to be in the rotation. They already have like six options in the rotation. They bring up another guy. Hey, let's have seven. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Javier starting tonight. I mean, we, we have Javier to start tonight. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, it, all these – but they give them the confidence. I mean, I said last week the Astros brought up Jeremy Pena, and they had him play the whole year. Like, who cares yeah. what his stats are? You know, the Astros are a good team. He can play, and, you know, if the if, – and Judge just struck out. And if it was all – if. It, <laughs> No, but it, it's just, it's very frustrating. I mean, we, we could sit here and rant forever about this, but, uh, you know, basically the, the Yankees are a first round exit if they don't get it together, because you can't go into the playoffs with one bat. They, they need basically Stanton to not be playing hobbled and struggling. He's, I believe he's hitting 105 since he got back. Uh, so it's, it's, it's not good. Uh, so in the American League Central, the Chicago White Sox are actually making a rally to, to win this division. It's a bunch of 500-ish teams. We said, you know, before the year when I was doing the strictly baseballs with Steve, and Steve will be back uh, for another pod eventually. Uh, he's just super busy with work, and, and he'll be on with the two of us uh, eventually. But, you know, we said the White Sox could basically win the division because the AL Central is not that good. And the White Sox have moseyed along the entire season. And right now they're three games back of the American League Central. That's not that bad. Uh, and the reason I say that is because Lance Lynn, his last start, 11 Ks, seven innings. Uh, if they can get Lance Lynn back and combine him with Cease and Cueto, uh, that's three starters to roll this month, three games back. Now, Tim Anderson's out for the year. Uh, he's injured again. He just got back. Now he's injured again. Um, but they still got Abreu, Robert, Eloy Jimenez has been red hot. Um, so I, I could see Andrew Vaughn. So that's four bats with three starters. You got the back end of the bullpen. It, it's, do you think something could happen for the White Sox? Uh, it definitely could. They just brought back um, Ancada, even though he's kind of stunk this season. Uh, it's another guy that has pedigree. You know who's doing really good, and we actually downplayed him when he first got moved over there, is Elvis Andrews. Elvis Andrews is looking really good for them. Look at his uh, stats. Stats from uh, September 2nd to September 5th, one for five, two for five, two for four, two for four. He's got six RBIs in that span, two home runs and three runs. Uh, that's that's going to play, especially as a fill-in for Tim Anderson. Uh, that's big. That's big. I mean, he's hitting 248 there, but uh, since he's come over um, in nine straight games, he's hitting 405 with three homers and nine RBIs, 15 for 37. That's uh, – that's got to be part of the reason why they're kind of doing good right now. Yeah. So now we'll move on to the NL East where we have a flip in the division or a potential flip in the division. The Mets only up a half game on the Atlanta Braves now. And I know you have been rooting for this for a while. You joked about it last week and now it's coming true. And uh, what, what ramifications does this have for the NL East? Yeah, no, they're only up a half game right now because they're playing a doubleheader today and already won that game one doubleheader. So they entered today tied. And, uh, you know, I've been waiting. You know, it's always the saying Mets are going to Met. And uh, 
I've said it before on this podcast, the Braves are a much better team and a lot scarier to me uh, entering the playoffs. But if they can somehow, if the Braves can somehow dethrone the Mets in the NL East, that would be absolutely something. I wouldn't care what position the Phillies landed in the wild card. Give me all of going to face the Mets. I'd much rather face the Cardinals, obviously, but I, I'm a lot more scared of facing the Braves uh, in Truist Park. And I'll take the Phillies at City Field. I, I just feel like, yeah, we it's hard to win two there. And that's the whole wrong thing with this playoff seeding. That whole thing is ridiculous. But uh, it would be sort of magical to take down Edwin Diaz in the ninth inning. And I really want it to happen. <laughs> Well, hey, I mean, it'll be easier to face them, too, because, uh, you know, Scherzer won't be the healthiest unless this is one of those phantom ILs. But I don't think so. You, you want to win the division. They wouldn't just punt September and say, oh, we'll put Scherzer on the IL because we're definitely going to make the play. You can't do that. So um, that's probably not what's happening. You're probably going to get a reduced Scherzer and you only have to deal with the Grom. That's interesting. I mean, I would even think about potentially throwing out and and you don't want to punt games i mean it, it even feels bad saying this but would you even think about throwing nola up against Degrom and then having wheeler face scherzer because wheeler's your better pitcher maybe he faces the uh, scherzer and and you know you're probably going to lose the Degrom game so you just throw out nola instead because it's basically 1a 1b anyway yeah no and even then nola is actually having a better season uh, Nola's got 200 strikeouts. Wow. Uh, I mean, he's still got still got a three something ERA. I actually saw an ESPN. They were uh, given like their votes for uh, the end of the season awards, and NL Cy Young. They had 16. It was 17 voters. 16 of them said Sandy Alcantara. One said Aaron Nola, and I was like, Whoa! Aaron Nola is not even in the race. Uh, <laughs> it's Gonsolin and Freed are like the runner up. But uh, this guy goes, Aaron Nola's like, yeah, you know, Aaron Nola's uh, rocking with strikeouts. I think he's going to have a better September. And he did really well last night. Uh, but yeah, I was like, holy crap, there's someone in this world that thinks Aaron Nola's going to be the Cy Young over Sandy Alcantara with a three ERA. Uh, that, guy's, that guy's on something. But either way, I'd still, I'd still throw him. You're right, exactly. Uh, that's a great plan, and sometimes they do it a lot. Uh, they don't throw their ace right away against someone as good as DeGrom. Uh, I'd take that any day of the week, especially when I know that the Phillies can hit Max Scherzer. And I'd bring up Udubo Herrera just for that game because I know he owns Max Scherzer. You know who actually owns Max Scherzer? We already talked about Bryson Stott. Six for seven against him. And Holy he's the only person, to ever, only person to ever go against Max Scherzer, get on time, four bases. Uh, go four for four against him. Holy cow. In the history. History. That's incredible right there. Yeah. Wow. You know who you sit though? You sit, you sit Reese Hoffman. You can't hit Max Scherzer if he fell out of a boat. He is bad. Yeah, he's bad, against, he's bad against Scherzer. Yeah. Yeah. When you said that, I, the thought in my head was low and away slider, just whiffing. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, hey, what is the lineup order now? Have they been fucking with? It? I mean, we said we had like eighteen different combinations for what it could be. No, they're still they're still doing their same shit. And it's got uh, it's got Schwarber in the leadoff, who's way past his uh, time in the leadoff right now. Hasn't gone deep in forever. Um, then they're rocking uh, Gene Segura two, which I love. Alec Bohm three. He needs to be up there. He's hitting two ninety five, and he's doing really well. I'd just rather Bryce Harper three. Yes. Uh, maybe it's not even Gene Segura. It might be 
It might be Reese at the two. Let me go check a lineup from like yesterday. Uh, but in my lineup, it would be Gene at two, probably Stott at one. And then I well, I feel like you need to have Alec Bowman there, but again, it's just a toss up because Bryce Harper is the natural three. Or you just lead off Gene. You could lead off Gene. Yeah, no, they do have Hawkins there. It's been 248 and can't, like I said, he can't hit right now. At one point, he was the hottest player on the planet. And then, like I said, he always goes into that slump and just absolutely starts stinking. Cleaning up for the Yankees is Ronald Guzman. <laughs> but JT Realmuth is the hottest player on the planet right now, and he's hitting five. JT is my four, Harper three. I guess maybe Bohm two, and then you lead off Stott. That's a fu- that, not Stott, Segura. That's a lineup right there. And then you throw in Schwarber, Hoskins, Castellanos, Stott, and then Marsh would be your playoff guy. Uh, yeah, I, I like Schwarber lower for sure. Like You're right. Like He doesn't have speed either. Why are you putting him at the top of the order? You want you want to gain bases and shit. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, not yeah. many teams are doing the, the slow guy in the leadoff spot. Uh, I see the logic. It's been done before, but he needs to be hotter to justify it. Uh, and, and yet, like he's dipped recently too. Like he's hitting 212. Yeah, I don't want my leadoff hitter hitting 212. I, that's fine out of my five, six, seven. When you got 35 bomb, that, that's great out of one of those spots, not out of my leadoff spot. I, I don't want that there. And I want him driving in runs too. If he's yeah. in the leadoff spot, they're solo dingers. That's why he's got, I think, like 78 RBIs, but with like 37 home runs because they're solo dingers. Uh, I, I'd want him bringing in runs. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Yeah, but the Phillies also, I mean, against lefties, they could also switch up too and go righty, righty, righty at the top or something like that if you wanted to, and then lower Schwarber, just sit him. But they don't really have a righty off the bench either to platoon him with. So, but the, I, I still think the Phillies make it, they'll be fine. Uh, so, yeah, I think that'll do it for this week. Uh, Yankees just as bad as last week. Fantasy baseball, pursuing the postseason, that's coming next week. Nothing, no movement on Team USA either, which is a little unfortunate, although uh, I saw Mark DeRosa did a segment. I texted you about this yesterday a little bit too much, but about Nathaniel Lowe and the season that he's having. He has a higher OPS than all the big names, than Pete Alonzo, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Matt Olson, Jose Abreu, higher OPS than all of them. Um that's impressive. And he also has the highest weighted drunk creative plus as a lefty versus lefty pitchers uh, at like 186. The league average for any player is 100. So he's 86% above league. I mean, and that's on a list, you know, with right-handed hitters, he's like fifth on the list with the righties included. So uh, that's impressive. And we talked about lefties for the team USA roster. If Freeman didn't go, if Seager didn't go, and those bigger names, why not Nathaniel Lowe? I mean, that's a great season. 302, 23 home runs, and 70-something RBIs. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Uh, he's definitely having a good season. I think if you end up making contact with a Rangers player, I think Corey Seager would follow. Uh, I hope. But D-Row, need, they need to start locking down some pitching. Uh, just saw Edwin Diaz is playing with Cubor, Puerto Rico, um, wherever he's from. Uh, that's, I mean, that's obviously the best closer, one of the best closers in the game. Classe is already uh, with the American Republic. Uh, Jose Altuve is playing wherever. He's already committed. Someone else just committed big time. 
of the big guy. I don't, I don't even know who it was. I forget right now. But, yeah, I need to start seeing some pitchers. And, you know, another note we could talk about, Albert Pujols, one home run closer. There we go. 695, baby. I'm rooting for it. I, I, at least he's probably going to pass A-Rod or tie him. So that that's that'll be nice. I just yeah. I don't like A-Rod's name being that high up. And uh, also, Aaron Judge at 54. Uh, so that watch, he's close to the record as well. He's on pace to break Roger Maris. And uh, Bob Costas uh, was uh, on air yesterday, I believe, on the Rich Eisen show. And he said that Judge would be the true home run record king uh, and not Barry Bonds. So he, he would not consider that the true uh, single season record. He would give it to Judge. Hmm. Interesting. What do you, uh, when do you think, what number do you think the uh, Dodgers finish at? So they're 92 and four, 93 and 42. Yeah. That's just, I mean, probably a hundred, 111, 100, 110, 111. I think they probably slow down at the end because they, they won't need to, to win, but they don't slow down. That's the thing about the Dodgers. That, and that's another complaint about the Yankees. I always harken back to them. The Dodgers don't sit their players. The Braves don't sit their players. My team gives guys maintenance days and days off. And, uh, you know, I mean, we're going to get <laughs> the Dodgers don't do that. It's one, two, three, four, same every day. The only guy getting an off day is Will Smith in a day game after a night game. I mean, come on. Yeah. And they, they, it's not like they have an easy schedule. I mean, they got the Giants right now. They face the Padres a lot. And they face the Giants again. Then they face the Diamondbacks like two times. Uh, then the Cardinals and the Padres again. So technically, I love seeing that, that they're facing the Padres. And then they end up with a five-game series against the Rockies. Ugh. <laughs> five? Five games. That's their five games in October. Yuck. All five against the Rockies. That's also Six. weird because of the delay. Six, Six in a row. Six Ooh. in a row against the Rockies. Why are they all in L.A.? That's that's. That's on, imagine if Colorado was in contention and that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that happening? It's not like any of them are double headers either. That's what I was going to ask. Is it rainouts? But I mean, no. That's. I was thinking. I was thinking maybe like a three and three, like they switch up <laughs> and the Dodgers home every single one. Any off days? No Friday. <laughs> Friday Saturday. Oh my God! Hold on, some stuff. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, the, the Owls didn't even have that. <laughs> the Owls. Yeah, man. I mean, we, we had that one week where it was home and away with Ashboro Zookeepers, you know? <sighs> Two doubleheaders, same week. You think Trent Youngblood made the uh, first team? Really? Yeah, I saw that. Transylvania, Trent Youngblood. Oh, D3. I... D3 guy. I hope he move. I hope he goes. I mean, man, I hope he moves up and has a career. He had a nice swing. Yeah, good, good player, all around too, all around the infield and the outfield. If only we could ever see the completion of that stadium. I know. If only, I, if only I got to pitch against the zookeepers. <laughs> but that was the dream matchup. It was Bryce Marsh. That that was just. Yeah. No, but if, if I could face Youngblood and Marsh, that would have been nice. Yeah, just get them both to whiff once. High and inside to Marsh. 
Oh, still the, <laughs> the only announcer that can go from the booth into the game and back in the booth. Easily. Easily. All right, guys. So that'll do it for this week's pod. You can follow us on social media at Twitter at Strictly Sports P on Facebook and Instagram at Strictly Sports Productions. Tyler and I did our betting podcast, which is going to be uploaded right around the same time as this. We went through every game of week one in the NFL and did uh, over-under bets and uh, just uh, normal bets as well. Um, and then we did week one review of college football previewing week two. I wish we had a 12-team college football this year playoff because I'm tired of the four, but uh, you know it is what it is. Uh, and then a normal Strictly Sports, we're going to get that probably next week in a review of week one uh, for the NFL. Uh, and Strictly Hockey, we're waiting closer to the season. So thank you for coming on, Rory. That'll do it for this week. Thank you to everyone for listening, and we'll see you next week.